this is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Poroma. And today we're doing a special anniversary episode where we will basically talk about whatever comes to mind. <laughs> but first we're going to tell our, our stories um, to each other and to you all of how we started watching Korean dramas in the first place. Um, and then we'll just hang out for a bit. So thank you for sticking with us for a year. We really, really appreciate all your support and your listening to us, Yak, for extremely long times. <laughs> thank you. Yes, we love you. I wouldn't go that far. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> well, we like you anyway. <laughs> Tweet at us if you don't want to hear Sai anymore. <laughs> Are we going to do this every podcast? Well, if you keep saying that. No, 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 no. Come no. no. on, like our listeners have already unanimously held that they do want to hear Saya, so yeah. Yeah, but you should love them in return. I'm cool with this. Tell me to be quiet. That's the only thing that will shut me up. <laughs> but um, Anissa, I want to hear your story first because it's like the longest running That's true. type of thing. Yeah, I think I watched my first Korean drama in 2009. So it's been almost 10 years. Um, so I was in the thick of undergrad and I also had insomnia for various health related reasons. And I think I started... I think I started reading, I was, I remember I was reading the manga for Inuyasha and then like I got into the manga for Hanayori Dango, which is like the original <clears throat> Japanese manga for what eventually became like all the different adaptations of Boys Over Flowers. Um, and I looked for, I looked for an anime version because at that point I didn't know that there were like drama adaptations of comic books. Um, which totally blew my mind. But I, so I was looking for the manga adaptation in anime. And I didn't find one or I couldn't find one that was actually like, you know, with subtitles and not from 1995. So I found the live action Hanayori Dango and I watched it and I loved it. I started watching Japanese dramas and then I watched so many that I like ran out of ones that were already subtitled and available <laughs> to watch. Um, and there used to be this website called MySoju back in the day. I don't know if you guys were around while my soju was around, but um, it, it was pretty, it pretty it old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it went. Yeah, it went down. This is the age back. of fan subbers, basically. That's it was during the, the only time. way to get stuff was exactly. fan subs. So it was hard to find subs, and obviously, like people would had to devote like a really long time to doing it. You had to like wait a week for the subs to come out. Um, basically, you young kids are so spoiled. <laughs> you don't know how good you have it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, so there was this one, like they had this ranking of the top ten dramas every week, and it had been like six months. And the top number one drama was this Korean drama called The First Shop of Coffee Prince. I was like, what is this weird title? It looked so strange. It was like these bunch of dudes wearing vests and I was in the picture and I was like what is this but it was the number one most popular one so I ran out of shows to watch so I clicked on it um and I've never been the same basically so I watched Coffee Prince and that was your gateway Coffee yeah. Prince was your gateway that was my first Korean yeah. drama yeah <laughs> and I think that was my second Korean drama I think and then I watched like you know My Girl and uh Full House and all those you know the really big ones, Goong. Yeah, you were like, I really have to get into the 2000s <laughs> Korean dramas. And I was like, I had no way of judging what was good or not because I didn't know any other drama fans. 
Um, so I just picked the ones that were like most highly rated and most popular on these websites. I started with those. So yeah, yeah. and I've, I've been watching them ever since. So what kept you watching? Like, why did you keep on watching after Coffee Prince? Do we even I need think, to ask that question? <laughs> I mean, given who our, our listeners are, I don't think we really need to ask that question. But um, I think it was just, I really loved, like at this point, I was so done with American TV for so long. And then um, I liked the Japanese format a lot, which is why I continued watching those. And then the Korean drama format is similar, except it's just longer. So, you know, like the Japanese format is 11, 40 minute episodes, thereabouts. And Korean dramas tend to be like 16, 20, one hour episodes. And I just liked how you get a complete story, but it's not as short as a movie. You know, you get to really go into the emotional and character development and the, you know, the side characters plots. And it's just a really great, I think, a really great encapsulation of a story, but you don't have to like have a cliffhanger at the end of the season and have them keep dragging out. Everyone like breaks up and gets back together with like everybody else in the cast. And it's just, you know, American TV. <laughs> so yeah that's why okay who's yeah. next <laughs> um you want to go next <laughs> why don't you go next i know your story so i'm gonna enjoy this <laughs> i think i've already told my story on this podcast before but um i don't think i've heard it or not in detail anyway <laughs> Well, um, you should actually already know why I got into Korean <laughs> dramas. It's because of the third member of our podcast, Saya. <laughs> I mean, I knew it had something to do with Saya, but I want to hear the full version. She she dragged me into this world, like kicking and screaming for six months. <laughs> she was like, you've got to watch your beautiful, you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it. And I was like, I will, sure, no. Go away, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. No, and I tried to, um, I, I watched the first episode after she had recommended it. And just the first 10 minutes and I was like, nope. Nope, I'm not watching this. I don't know what this is. This does not make any sense. And this is yeah. clearly not meant for me. And um, I opted out. And then she was just so insistent. Doesn't and... that episode have the vomiting <laughs> into the other person's mouth At the part? very end. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not really the and most And that's not really a hook drama. either way. Like, you know. No, <laughs> it's not no, like, no, oh my God, first, that's a great scene. Yeah. I have to watch this drama. <laughs> Oh, was that your reaction? No. <laughs> that my the reaction. inherent problem with K-dramas is that their first episodes are not strong. Like, you have to hang no, in there. For that, that's always been, like, the biggest hurdle for me, trying to get other people to watch K-dramas. I'm always yeah. like, just, just get through the first episode. Because no one wants to put in four hours before it gets good. They want it to be good in the first ten minutes. And it's like, I cannot think of more. I Actually, off the top of my head right now, I can't think of any. But I think there are, like, two or three that Coffee are good. Prince has a good first episode I but i think it. korean dramas have evolved that way like in the recent um years especially the last two years the first episodes have become episodes that you can like they're definitive episodes but you can tell by the end of the first episode whether the rest of the drama would work out and often the first few episodes are better than the rest of the drama <laughs> that that's not how it used to be they, they would just put so much exposition into the first few episodes that it was almost boring it was a slog to get through but now the first few episodes tend to be pretty dynamic do you think so, that which yeah. depends on the uh, genre as well 
I think maybe a, yeah I think that's true yeah I watch mostly like fantasy or you know just um yeah or, or rom-com and those are pretty fast-paced genres especially like with fantasy and rom-com there's so much magic in the setup you know and the meet cute <laughs> and the like the characters meeting each it's other the world building. fantasy yeah the yeah. world building and then like the non-supernatural character meeting the supernatural character so like that makes the beginning really exciting and the latter half not as maybe yeah. whereas with things like um family dramas the beginning you're just like oh my god so many characters and you're like getting to know everybody <laughs> and then by the end you get this like really great payoff of like all the relationships and it's like you know it's really satisfying so the end tends to be more satisfying in my opinion yeah possible true but yeah so that's how um i and then i think six months later um she kept on talking well, like she was really sad and she wanted me to watch i think prince's man after that and i'm and also queen infant's man and i'm like okay if she's gonna keep on loving um these <laughs> historical type dramas with me i would better just watch something contemporary first and yeah i got through i got through the first i think by the end of the first episode i was hooked because they had hong pi kyung come in and hong pi kyung was he was just so weird he was oh, just not in, in not not something i was familiar with it, male heroes did not look or act like him and They're i was like completely or yeah but the dress thing didn't even it's just the way he was such a grouch and he was also really skinny i'm just i was this was like a culture shock for me yeah so, that's that, true that's the male lead We're but it was the skinny obvious. boys now but it's true it's in the beginning yeah. you're like wow that's it's so skinny for a male yeah, lead and it was it, these um and also i hadn't watched anything with um that was based in the uh you know like the, the musical in the, the music industry i never actually watched anything in that industry so the, so the concept was pretty new as well and they were somehow bringing this um this this novice from an abbey into the world of music <laughs> <laughs> that concept was pretty amazing so yeah yeah and also park shin hye uh, she, she was just too adorable she so, was really cute and, and park shin hye in, in boy guard was like the cutest thing she was just she was just such a she, she was she's the kind of heroine that you want to like protect like you, you want to wrap her up in um like really i don't know thick uh what do you call those things yeah maybe <laughs> and just protect her oh, and then because she was yeah, so dumb she was so she was not dumb she was just so naive i guess and no point did i ever think that she was dumb and that and that was also yeah. refreshing because i i had had my share of um heroines who are just who are presented as badass but are in reality super dumb i've i've had uh, my share of those kind of heroines in um other uh, movie and tv industries um around the world but this this girl she she is resourceful she is um not independent but trying to become so and also she has a mind of her own she had all of those things but she was especially naive and then um she it was just by the end of your beautiful what i loved the most about this drama aside from everything to do with hong dikyum <laughs> was um how park shin um how park shin his character went from um naive and uh, thick-headed to i don't know wiser mm-hmm. and still willing to give the world a chance and just as stubborn as ever 
and more self-assured. I just, she had this proper arc and yeah, I, I, I fell in love with Kiran was after that. I mean, she did have, and she had a reason for being so naive. It wasn't just like, I lived to this day in the regular world, but I still yeah, don't. She, she, was, she was literally in a convent. She was yeah. literally raised in a convent. That, that, yeah. That's what people say when, you know, someone's like super naive. Like, Were you raised in a convent? Yeah, that, that this character really was. <laughs> So yeah, I and I and I loved everything about that drama, including the animation clouds following around Buck Naked Men. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. That drama was so funny. I think I remember it more for the humor than for the actually the romance. Yeah, the and so um, <laughs> I yeah, that that was great. And then of course I watched Coffee Prince, and that was the the tone and style of um, that drama was very different from your beautiful which was super popcorn and mm. um while coffee prince was also of course romantic comedy there was also uh, there was more grit and more realism to the camera work to the way the people talk to each other the language used the dialogue the the, the setup like where people lived it wasn't just this fancy um like, you know how some dramas have poor people living in like really nice mm. uh, houses? That, that's not how they were doing this drama. So I love the stylistic change. And that was my second drama. And the third one was uh, Queen Inhun's Man. By the time I was watching Queen Inhun's Man, I was a goner. There, like, there was this a solid, a solid period of one year where I watched nothing but key dramas. <laughs> I was like, I have so much to catch up to. So yeah, that happened. I still uh, feel like that nine years later. <laughs> and I still have so much to catch up to. Yeah. Maya, you want to tell yeah. us your story? My story is really boring. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I have faith in you to tell it in an entertaining way, even if it is boring. Go. Uh, well, um, I'll start with being born and then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's settle in. <laughs> Let me get another cup of coffee. <laughs> no, so basically, my life is a series of addictions. Um, because this happens when you have, like, addictive personality issues. Um, so kind of like you, I spent many years in uh, anime, manga, and books. Just a lot of books. Like, endless books. And also American, uh, Western English language dramas. And... My sister had been at me. This is always about my sister. My sister introduces me to every like everything that is bad for me, but I love. Younger um, sister or older sister? I don't have any older sisters. Just okay, sister. you're the oldest. Mm. So I I later heard from them that the both of them had been watching Korean dramas from like well before me, and they decided between themselves that they couldn't introduce me to save me from myself because they knew what would happen if. <laughs> if they did so it was like they knew me a little too well um they were right because within was it so within a year of starting watching k-drama i'd started learning korean within the next year i'd begun writing for drama beans within the year after that i had begun uh working for vicky and the year after that podcast and so I'm just wondering what the next year is gonna bring <laughs> like there's nothing I don't have any time left there's nothing I can do how much further can I go with this time to move to Korea <laughs> <laughs> oh you know if yeah 
if my life were less complicated, that would yeah. You could be like me and start grad school and take Korean as part of your um major. Because that's where I'm at right now. I just started. <laughs> oh, I wish I could. I do still take classes. Um, I, yeah, I need to cough. Hold on. Well, my dedication to Korean um, is way less than you guys. Um, I literally <laughs> had my language test today. I, I went and talked to the prof and she like, Asked me all these questions and I had to answer her in Korean about myself and, and I took a Oh, do you know I completely test. freeze up? Like my spoken Korean is the actual worst. Like in my head it's perfect, but somewhere between the sort of brain mouth interface it all gets lost. And you're like, Oh, I hate it so much. I know exactly what I want to say and how yeah. to say it, but at the point of having to speak it, it's just like Bleh. I'm fine in a class setting, but then if I'm like out somewhere, like at the H Mart or, you know, at a restaurant or something, I feel so awkward and I always end up speaking English because I'm like, oh, they're going to give me weird looks. And <laughs> You know, I've had this really hilarious reaction when, I, when I've gone to H Mart and I've like, you know, practicing my Korean. Like I'm speaking Korean and it's like, it's fine, you know, my accent is good and everything. But like the uh, I'm talking to or whatever, he'll be he'll be looking around trying to see where the Korean is coming from. <laughs> and you're like, I'm literally in front of you. And he's still looking around until I uh, switch to English. Um, and then he notices me. So it's like, interesting. <laughs> it's like, they, it's just not like at all, you know, the Possible. idea of compute of yeah. you know, this person who looks like this speaking Korean. It's just, she's not Korean there's no possibility that it's gonna you know that that stuff's coming out of her mouth it I was really also, that's funny I think it's also because we speak other languages so we're able to pronounce it closer to how it's actually supposed to be pronounced whereas a lot of people who like if you only speak English your pronunciation is going to sound like someone who's speaking it as a second language you know like very obviously so I'm not saying that my pronunciation is that good, but I'm just saying like sometimes it's just even more like unexpected because they're like, wait, what? You? <laughs> <laughs> it just they see that face or that the you know the particular way you pr you present yourself and world, very yeah. clearly not Korean. Yeah. So you know you have certain expectations when you see certain things. So it's just it's like it's not in their repertoire of expectations that. Right this language would be coming out of that mouth. It's really funny. Yeah. I remember I had a Korean classmate in my undergrad and I think we were taking comparative history or something together. And I told her I was studying it just on my own. And she was like, she was like, but why? She's like, why would you study Korean? It's so useless. I was like, isn't that where you're from? She's like, yeah, I mean, it's my <laughs> language, but I mean, why would you study it? I was like, okay. That was funny. Your friends behind the curve then, because Koreans like, quickly picking up pace as of international language. Well, this was like six years ago, so ah. things have changed a little bit. Yeah, it was before BTS won the Billboard Awards, you know, and all that <laughs> oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah, that I was still that I still get a lot of raised eyebrows. Like, I mean, I don't tell a lot of people about my sort of extracurriculars, but, you know, it just comes up in conversations sometimes, of, you know, I'm taking Korean classes. And, um, People are like, Korean? That's weird. Why? Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm not about to admit the whole, you know, K-drama part of it. So <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, you know, I just like languages. And it's like, you know, cool. 
<laughs> and they're just like very skeptical about it. <laughs> yeah, no, you just still do get people kind of taken aback because it's not the most common foreign language to study around here either. What's most funny is when um, like you're talking to someone about something Korean, like I don't know, skincare or learning the language or something, and then they like secretly admit that they watch K dramas, and you're like, low five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bet people find out what their angle is, and like you, you're like, hey. <laughs> Although I've also found it sometimes it's a bit embarrassing to admit that oh, the reason that you learn Korean is merely K-dramas because like for example in my classes I, you know I have uh, there's one guy whose wife is Korean um, there's a, another person who's like on placement in, in who's going on placement in Korea and you know you have stuff like that like serious life reasons mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah I like K-drama <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like yeah I feel like it's a better reason than K-pop at least <laughs> <laughs> but then you can't even be snooty about it no you I'm can't like, <laughs> and it's I'm not. Like a, it's like it's like right next to K-pop, but like slightly more serious. Yeah. See, my class is split between like uh, a small handful of uh, like you know serious life reason Korean learners mm -hmm. and K-pop, uh, and then you have like the solitary sad drama fan in the middle. Me, <laughs> and you like I have nobody to talk to about dramas oh. in my class. <laughs> Yeah, when I tell the professors that that's how I first got into Korean, they just laugh. <laughs> yeah, because I think among sort of non-drama watchers, there's a, you know, like the way you think of, oh, people who just spend all their time watching TV. Mm. Because, you know, most people are kind of busy, like, living serious lives. If you think of it in the same way as just, you know, normal English-speaking people watching English-language TV. And if they're like, oh, yeah, I spend all my time watching american dramas and you'd be like okay don't you do anything else with your life <laughs> although so i think I like at get least over of... here binge watching tv has kind of become everyone's like stress relief activity of choice so i don't think people really judge you for watching tv because i don't i think something like one in three households in the u.s has netflix so like i feel like tv has kind of come back except everyone's watching it on streaming so they just like go home on the weekend and like binge watch a, a show and that's how they kind of relax from their work week you know mm. should i go back to my actual story yes though? yes you didn't <laughs> tell us which drama you started with okay. so it was like what, august 2012 or something um and uh, my sister finally sat me down in her room she's like you're watching this with me i don't care and it was you're beautiful um and I wasn't ah. sold. I wasn't sold on the first episode. I was like, "What is this?" And especially that ending. It's like she vomited in his mouth. Are you serious? You want me to watch this? And then she sat me down for ten episodes, and I watched them, getting more and more into it. <laughs> and then by like eleven, which is I think when like the, you know, the confession and the romancey proper bits, she was like, "Go and watch this by yourself now." I was like, <laughs> "Okay then." <laughs> My job here is done. <laughs> And at that point, I was still, you know, asking her for recommendations. And like, you know, I would discover a, a friend of a friend had watched a couple. Like, I think that friend had literally watched two. And she recommended me Coffee Prince and Answer Me 97. Mm. So they were the only two dramas she'd watched. I was like, okay, then I'll watch those two. Um, what was my second drama? My second drama was Queen and Hunsman, actually. 
so I, I had some really good starter dramas. And yeah, I did spend six months. I was really surprised to discover that it was six months nonstop trying to get Peter to watch this stuff. <laughs> I, I think the reason that You're Beautiful really caught me is that it, it was like a time of life where like things were a little bit uh, emotionally difficult for me um, with a lot of stuff. And it really, every all the conflicts in it really spoke to me. The characters really spoke to me. And... It just, it was exactly what I needed at that point in my life. I think I spent a solid three months just re-watching it over and over. I think that's the only drama I've watched back to back, like three times over. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think for me as well, I was in such a difficult time of my life when I first started watching Korean dramas. Like, it was kind of therapy for me. Like, I mm. couldn't, like, I was going through such a difficult time that I couldn't even cry. Um, but I was able to cry when Goenchan was like, couldn't tell <laughs> that she was a girl and it was killing her. And I was like sobbing my heart out. And I was like, oh, this is therapeutic, you know? So, and I think I was lucky in the sense that because I was totally alone, I didn't know that anyone else in my life would ever be watching this weird thing that I found on the internet. So like, I didn't have, you know, K-drama watching buddies. It was just me. I was living by myself at that time. I hadn't even gotten my pet yet. Um, so I was very alone. I was in a different country than my family. I was going through school and dealing with some like really difficult personal health stuff. So like, it was really nice to just, you know, because K-drama takes you on this emotional journey. Mm. It's kind of unlike anything else, I think. Mm. <clears throat> and that yeah that emotional journey was really it was really something that I it helped me a lot it really helped me through that time so I, had, I felt when because with like for example Japanese language stuff whether it, it was not so much live action it was mostly anime um I had a, a slight aversion to live action because of that I was like I don't want to watch real people I like animation um, so it was a, a weird kind of mental jump from from anime to live action Korean. And I remember saying to my sister, like, what if I don't like how the language sounds? Because I liked how Japanese sounds, sound, sounded, whatever. <laughs> I liked how Japanese sounded. Um, but the thing with Korean is that structurally and like, in its sounds, it's so, so similar to like um, subcontinent language. Mm -hmm. And it's really similar to Bengali. Um, in it, like not necessarily, obviously, I mean, actually even some of the vocab, even some of the vocab, you're like, yeah, these are the same words. Um, so you're listening to it and I remember within the first uh, couple of episodes that the grammar of the language was beginning to resolve to me in a way that like years of Japanese had not. Mm, wow. Um, and like the more I listened to it, the more I could, you know, it, like there's a reason why I had never gone on to learn Japanese and that I immediately went and tried to learn Korean. And there's like this this feeling, and I, I think I say this to anyone who asks me, but it's, it was the, there was this really strange feeling of homecoming. Like this was what I had been looking for my whole life. This is a place that I, I felt completely at home in. And I didn't realize how much I was miss like what I was missing from the English language TV I had been watching until then. Because um, like 
uh, what was the last, my last great obsession before I discovered K-dramas was Gilmore Girls. Um, and before that it was Merlin. Um, and I'd kept on watching things to find that feeling. And I know like at this point in my life, I, I like, I can't even, Gilmore Girls is like, there's so much wrong with it. But at that time, <laughs> <laughs> so much wrong with it. At that time though, it was like, it, it had all of those, uh, what was it, like the kind of the slice of life, um, emotional realism, uh, well, at that time. Um, and it, it had, had all of these elements that just were not common in normal. Yeah, it was funny, it was theory. heartwarming, it was focused on mm. women's relationships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, what did I watch? I think I went on, uh, after that, I watched stuff like Veronica Mars. Um, and I just kept going through shows trying to find that feeling. Um, and I didn't find it until K-drama. And it's something that K-drama uniformly offers. It's not like it's something really specific and special to K-dramas that isn't, uh, you know, you, you can find this across the, the spectrum of K-dramas. Mm. The funny thing is that um, I was watching pretty much the same shows around the same time. Veronica, Mars, Merlin, and um, what was the other one? Uh, Gilmore Girls? <laughs> Gilmore Girls, yeah. So those, those, and I think it was because of Merlin that we started this email um, string. We were uh, listening to the commentaries and um, I think some, a, a radio show that the actors had done. It was a radio um, play that Colin Morgan did. I'm still a Colin oh, Morgan right. expert. Exactly. So we even <laughs> named our, our, our uh, email thread after that. I think Cry Babies. Oh, I, the thing is, you guys, so we have this uh, secret special email thread um, with the three the of us. and special uh, people. And, yeah. <laughs> friends. So it had originally begun because, like, you guys didn't know each other. And, but I, I knew all of you and I knew you liked Merlin. So I sent you this link to a Colin Morgan radio play called Crybabies. And that was the name of the email thread. And, and this is why it's crybaby. See, I, I joined much later, so I had no idea about all of this. I've never seen Merlin. I'm one of those late coming. Crybabies is now, what, six, seven years old? It's wow. like eight years old or something. It's super old. Because oh I remember I was moving house at that. Oh, no, maybe it wasn't then. Maybe it was a bit later than that. Yeah. <clears throat> at that time I was watching I was watching much of the same stuff and looking for much of the same things in, in my drama, which is probably why you hounded me for so long to watch the drama. Yeah, because yeah, I, I knew you would love it. I was like, I know she's going to like this. What's wrong with her? Why doesn't she listen to me? I suppose I didn't trust you, um, Saya. <laughs> Betrayal. <do> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's like when P tries to make me watch stuff and I'm like, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if I'm going to like yeah. it. I don't know if I'm yeah, going to like I, it. I, I and then the other person's like, I know you better than you know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, um, there was a faith that P told me to watch and I was like, but everyone's like really dissed this show. So clearly I'm not going to enjoy it. And of course it was like, Faith. I was oh my like, God, that was like yeah. <laughs> and then there was uh, the recent one, uh, Miss Temper and Namjungi. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah, 
I totally watched it after I told you I wasn't going to. I still need to watch that. I haven't watched that it, it was, it's, uh, for, our, for our listeners, um, a feature that we didn't end up doing. It was called Convince Me to Watch. So Barma was convincing me to watch uh, Miss Temper. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sold. For me, it's yeah, not well, that I'm not sold. I'm just like adding it to my list of like 80 million things that I want to watch, and I just don't man. know when I'm gonna ever get to. And then like new stuff yeah. keeps coming out, and everybody's like, "Oh, this is so good." I'm like, "Oh God, the stress, <laughs> the FOMO. I just can't." I think my real failure with uh, what I wanted to get uh, to uh, get Peter watch was Princesses, man. And now I'm not going to push it anymore for obvious reasons. Mm, yeah. But you yeah. missed out, P. I missed out on that one too. I think I that watched was... a little bit of the first episode and then I just never ended up watching it. No. I, I watched the first 10 episodes of Princess Man. I just yeah. never got into it. Yeah, I have to say, episodes. by about 12, if you're not into it, you can drop it. But it does, I think, take... Strangely, it does take until about 12. That's too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is worth it. Like, it's so worth it. Um... <laughs> I mean, I'm willing to watch it for like two episodes, four episodes, you know, but 12 is a moment. Even six episodes I'm willing to give, eight maximum, but like, I mean, come on. And the thing yeah, is okay, that... No, you gave it a fast shot if it was 10. <laughs> um, but you know what, there is a, a little uh, a, a glaring distinction between um, what we like to watch, um, Saya. I am not as much into Revenge Mellow as you are, and Princess oh. Man does get into Revenge Mellow territory. You know, I have never seen it as a Revenge Mellow, never. To me, it's just a, like, Suggak. But even and the premise... I mean, is all a single genre. But I mean, I've read the premise. The premise is literally revenge story. I know, it? but I've never watched it that way, which is kind of, you know, that's weird. I've never watched <laughs> it. I've never even thought of it that way, like, literally not once. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but you know it had that whole Montag and Capulet thing going on and it just uh, like, it had yeah, that Romeo Mont- and Juliet is my least favorite trope yeah not 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 my favorite I did um I did uh, well you know go on and uh, read the recaps later on to figure out if I had missed something and um it's okay I think I could live without <laughs> uh, well if it's end. not your thing it's not your thing <laughs> Yeah, um, but you know what? Um, like before getting into K dramas, um, there was a period of few years where I was um, I was searching out every single period drama, uh, especially BBC yeah. period dramas that I could find. Like all oh, the I love BBC period dramas. Yeah, that's how that's how I always describe K drama to people. It's like BBC exactly drama, the, the transition was easier. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not so much that it was easier. It's like that is what I was looking for. Yeah, exactly. No pacing with, with emotional development happening and then there is this restraint between people, especially yes. restraint in romantic situations oh that you just don't have in contemporary mm-hmm. contemporary anything, and even contemporary Indian romance. Because yeah. exactly. like, like that's something that you can take so much time over and put so much into. The and longing glances from across yeah. the room. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just, just the main character, it's not just the romance between the protagonists. The, it, usually the romance is just one part of the, the entire world of that drama or that movie. There are so many other characters and they contribute to the main relationship. And, and it's... And it just, yeah, it, it, all of that together makes up the story. It's not just this isolated romance, which is what uh, most of the, and, I, and mind you, I grew up 
devouring Western romantic dramas like TV shows and, and, and movies. So it's not like I didn't Disney love them. Channel I love them. Movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I think I've watched movies. everything out there. Like every <laughs> early 2000s rom-com, literally everything. And all of them. And like a month I agree. As, as soon guy. as we got like internet in my house, there was like the, the, no romance comedy was safe in the world. <laughs> I, I was looking for more romance that are slower paced and that just where the relationships develop, where the end game is not the characters kissing. The end game is getting to a place with um, their relationship that is positive and hopeful and also just a lot of other things that that I was not getting from the Western movies and TV shows that I was As watching. People have changed. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Like, no, no, I was going to say there. Another thing that is, you know, with the BBC period dramas and Korean dramas is that it's not just about, you know, like a comedy. When you talk about comedies in the classical sense, it's the happy ending at the end, right? But <clears throat> the thing about romantic comedies is it's not just about the happy ending between the two people, but it's like reaching that place of equilibrium where, like, you're okay with your family relationships. You're okay with your work kind of setup. You're okay with your living situation. You're, and it doesn't mean that everything is wrapped up in a little bow and it's all tidy, but it's like you have, it's like you, the whole cast and the whole, like all the relationships, like the parental relationships and the sibling relationships, you know, you kind of have come to this point in your, in the development where everybody's kind of transformed mm-hmm. from where they and were that, before yeah. to a new place. That includes the villains as well. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So whether they get redemption or whether, you know, they become sympathetic or whether they, you know, are, are punished, all of those things, like they have a full arc. Right. There's a journey. And it's not just a journey for one person. It's a journey that everybody kind of takes together, right. either parallel or by meeting each other, you know, and, and changing each other. So that's really... Yeah, I feel compelled to point out here that this is also one of the reasons I really loved um, romance novels. And again, mostly historical romance novels. Because it, the, the best ones were never just about the main couple. It, it was always about their entire life, like their work life, their relationship with their families, their ambitions, their fears, all of those things. And also, you know, the, the, the love that they are discovering and their, their capacity to have a relationship. It just, that translates really well through Korean dramas. Right, and that's why it works so well, I think, like, why K-dramas appeal so much to people who are actually readers. Um, because somehow the experience of watching a K-drama is a lot like reading a book, and not just, like, not nothing to do with subtitles. So, but yeah. the, the sort of the emotional uh, experience, the, the, the whole journey that you go through watching that drama is very much like reading a book in, in the depth of its emotions. And just how you know, the time that it takes over its moments and things like that. And actually, um, talking about BBC uh, dramas uh, just a couple of minutes ago, and that's why, like, that's why I'm so excited to see BBC, like, remakes of BBC dramas. But so far, they're only doing thrillers, and I really, really want them to do the period dramas, stuff like Pride, like classics like Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice. Like, I really want to see what a K-drama would do with Jane Austen. I really, really, really want to see that. Um, yeah, but I do think that the same thing that um, we love about the uh, romantic comedies in, in Korean drama, also happens um, in thrillers or in 
those um you know the the, the crime procedurals that korean dramas also yeah, do yeah yeah you're absolutely right it does for, my, my favorite uh, till now has been police unit 38 mm. just the relationships there the the con jobs themselves the 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 arc of the individual characters it, it just explodes so well it's not like one of the reasons i could never get into korean movies like some of them are really great um uh, like that one with the police academy what was it not long enough midnight runners <laughs> midnight runners i oh, love midnight runners i need to watch that watch it immediately you'll love it <laughs> there are some korean movies which are just brilliant but mm. in general korean movies are uh, they, they aren't long enough and they are really just flashy they we try to get you um pumped up in the moment and then it ends there is no exploration of character and and themes. like you don't have time to get emotionally attached to anything no and but, actually, but they also make you realize exactly why korean dramas resonate with us so much what, what's missing in the movies is what we love so much about the dramas and now yeah. this would not be true if these dramas were like i don't know 200 300 episodes which often happens with soap operas in my country yeah. <laughs> um, and i know there are korean soap operas which can which are also unending but just the drama format of 16 episodes 20 episodes it just it just perfect Mm-hmm. the full meal yeah, yeah the prime time mini series yeah the twice a week yeah. i think another thing that's really interesting to me where which really overlaps with things like jane austen and you know historical romances and like bbc period dramas is and i don't i mean there's something to be analyzed and maybe this is not the best thing but the heroines romantic life and what kind of class she's born into and what kind of class she aspires to and her economic situation are so tied together and i feel like that's really true in korean dramas as well but there's so much more of an exploration of that i feel in korean dramas where especially in recent years it's not just a flat out cinderella narrative it's like you know there's variations on it and there's an there's a little bit of a deconstruction of that so i i think that's really interesting right because the other thing um for me and uh, i don't know if this is true for you as well is that it's just something that we completely never ever ever get from uh western dramas is that uh when you're watching a k drama there's that whole aspect of eastern culture of asian culture which uh forms a part of the narrative as in you have parental obligations for example there's okay. things like filial piety which matters in our cultures but like i remember as a kid you know watching tv just children's tv like ordinary bbc daytime kids tv um and the, this is what was like the queen's news i don't know if you guys have heard of that but it's a really classic uh, kids show in in the uk um and i remember the main character and that was yelling at her mum Anytime something like that came on TV, we had to turn it off. We were not allowed to watch that because yeah. you don't disrespect your parents like that. You do you don't shout at your parents. Yeah, we weren't um, allowed to watch stuff like that either. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, there's this like the the values are different and I feel like the values of K-dramas align much more closely with um the values of uh, uh, Asian diaspora as well as sort of native asian people because like you know we have this culture in our households even if it's not in our wider communities mm. um yeah. and, and even and, though like, there are drama like, understands you yeah, <laughs> like you're yeah. Watching- and there might be differences that are specific to every culture but then there's this broad underlying kind of yeah. 
than commonality. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, like keeping the family together is really important in our yeah. cultures. It's not it's like, something that's optional. You know, like it's something yeah. that's really important to your your life and your emotional yeah. life and your yeah, for sure. And like for uh, like you know when we were watching Pretty Nina a few months ago, uh, there were like I felt like I was able to understand those characters more closely to what they were as an Asian than like we, you know we were getting a lot of comments from people saying why doesn't she just leave um, why doesn't uh what's her name Sonia Jin why didn't she just leave her parents house and that's a fair comment to make but the that disregards the entire context of this uh you know the the culture of you you don't just leave your parents house it, it doesn't work that way I mean that's true. Although Pretty Nuna had some pro writing problems. Yeah, no, it had a, it had a lot of problems. It's just yeah. the first example that came to mind. Yeah, but no, like in true. in terms of you know sort of unspoken norms that you know you've seen um, or like dramas where the main character wants to marry somebody but their parents don't approve. Right. Or like why don't they just get married? Like who cares? Yeah. What their like parents you say? don't need your parents' approval. Yeah. And I have to say I, mean, I feel <laughs> those things as well. It's not that I don't think them. I yeah. Do, but I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like because we have those conflicts as well. Like those are the conflicts that are in, uh, uh, they're the problems and challenges of our lives too. You know that balance between uh, the uh, how to you know maintain your agency and power as a younger person against elders when you know you want to have your own space but you are still bound by these sort of familial obligations and there's all sorts of stuff going along there which yeah. you really get and so also kind I, of yeah. sorry go ahead I was just gonna say I feel like when you watch uh, when I watch that in a K drama I feel like the drama understands me not that I understand the drama. Hmm. You don't have to leave your own, because as a, I mean, as a minority growing up in a majority culture where everyone else, most people that you are around all day don't look like you, they don't have the same, you know, cultural background as you, like you kind of get used to always fitting yourself into a space where you are relating to everyone else. And as a person of color who's growing up watching basically white people on TV and in movies, you're always the one that's relating to them and you can relate to them. And we've spent our yeah. whole lives relating to them and it's fine because we're all human beings. We can relate to each other, but it's so nice to not have to leave your own space. And yeah. Have, and to have it come into yours. Yeah. yeah. And it'd be like, yeah, I get you. Yeah, I know absolutely. what you feel. Yeah. Like it's really, it's nice not to have to make that effort, you know? Cause it, it, it is a, like, you don't realize until you stop doing it, how much of an effort it is because now, because, I mean, basically all like these past few years, uh, it's not just K-drama. It's also sort of just understanding life better. That's why I can't go back to something like Gilmore Girls because it's like, I can see all of the problems and it's why when I watch a show now, like a sort of a Western type of show, if, for example, the cast is all white, I notice that. Mm -hmm. If, you know, uh, the people of colour, the POC characters are like the sidekick or their stereotypes or things like that, again, you notice those things. And it's also and, like, it's it's so much more of a reflection of your own life mm. that you're not, I mean, I didn't notice it growing up that much or at least not consciously, but now I'm not really willing to give shows a pass in the same way I was before. Whereas if it's from yeah. like another culture in another country, like I don't have to judge them for mm. their representation, you know, yeah. Whereas if it's yeah. an American show, I'm like, look, 
we yeah. have other people in our country that because are you're white. because you're an insider exactly like, when you watch that american show you're the you're still an insider so you can be critical of it whereas when it comes right. to for example something like k-drama you're like well i'm actually i do recognize and i do feel and i know that i'm an outsider to this so those are not my problems i am not like there isn't uh, an avatar of me in this show mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. there is in the others or there's an absence of it in the right others. right you don't feel the absence because it's not like being excluded from your home you know right it's like being a guest in somebody else's home and being like oh my gosh we have so much in common and you feel so welcome <laughs> whereas if you're it's a picture of your own home and there's like no one who looks like you like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this tells me something yeah yeah so Barma, are you still there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's just such a big deal, this whole experience. <laughs> it is. Have you guys ever considered that um, there is this um, dots of human stories in um, not well, uh, Western um, TV shows, not the movies. The movies are more diverse um, in some ways. But in television um, storytelling, there seems to be this, it, I mean, starved for human relationships. The ones that we usually see there are relationships we have seen before. We know how it goes down. But somehow when Korean dramas do human relationships, they just seem to bring out new facets, new conflict yeah, between people that we may not have heard of or thought of before. But when, I, for instance, um, we like right now I'm watching um, Thirty Birth Seventeen, and um, we all have like some of us really have issues with this this girl who's just seventeen inside, um, falling for this thirty year old man, and, and that man looking at her as a woman. Like it, they they are there are issues there, but the entire time I'm watching this drama, which is otherwise it's hard moment, I keep thinking. <laughs> It's not that it's working for me. I like th there. Is, there was a scene I think in episode um, seventeen, eighteen, where they, um, uh, where this woman who's thirty years old, she tells um, our, our heroine uh, Suri that um, you think I'm an adult, but I still, I still feel like I'm like a twenty year old. And this is true for me. I'm, I'm gonna be thirty soon, and in my head, I have never. I have never gotten beyond my 20s. I haven't even gotten into my 20s. I don't know. Oh, what about trust me. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I, what uh, I'm, just, I'm just stuck. Like, I'm, the, the, the high schooler me, in some ways, had, had gained um, but all the maturity that I was ever going to gain. After, after that, I, don't, I think I'm just living and pretending that I'm all adult. And if someone looks at me and ask me questions right. and I'm authoritative <laughs> about how I answer yeah, like, it. I, that doesn't I feel mean like anything. I was my most mature at like eight, 17 or 18. And I'm completely less mature since. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely think my 18 year old self would judge me right now. Like she, would, she would be like, I thought you would be smarter. <laughs> but my 18 year old but self yeah. was also really judgy. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I mean, we are so idealistic, we're so judgmental, we have such high expectations of everyone, and then life happens and you're like, wow, life is really unforgiving and tough. So, and yeah, so from that perspective, um, I'll, I'll just finish with this point. So from that perspective, th this this drama makes me think of that, um, that it's true. It doesn't matter that I'm going to be turning 30 soon. It doesn't matter because in my head, I'm still 17, 18 years old. 
um, I I find teenagers super annoying at this point because some of the stuff they say are just well they're stupid. But yeah. <laughs> I don't think don't I alienate our children. <laughs> I'm sorry, we teenagers you. listening to us. Um, we are Jumas. Uh, we are, are you. Oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of teenagers and also thirty but seventeen, I am in shock. Chan <laughs> is the same guy as the soccer player from Father is Strange. I am in shock. I did not recognize him. Well, I did not recognize him either. You're right. It's the I same actor. I, I found this out a few days ago and I was like, what? Also, because he can act now. He can act now. And my God, Chan, the, look, Chan is just, is, he's an incredible teenager, which is why I, I, there's just no way that that boy is 17. How is he so honest, hardworking, sensitive, caring? He just, it's impossible that he's a teenager. I love him. But he's so lovely. He's so wonderful. He's amazing. He's a giant ball of He's breaking my heart. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just a marshmallow. I don't, he's not breaking my heart at all. I think like this, this would be a good experience for him. Um, it will mature because, him. And, and of That's all true. people... It will not mature him more. Of all people, he will actually learn something from this experience and it's not going to embitter him. Like other characters might have, might swear off falling in love because the first one didn't walk off. But he's the kind of character who's like, I'm glad this happened to me. And then he'll move on and oh, fall in love true. again. I feel, I feel like if he had gone through what uh, Wujin went through at, the, at this age, he definitely would have handled it better instead of becoming like, this recluse that never talks to anybody. Yeah, just, 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 yeah, isolating and kind of stagnating in one place. Right. But yeah, so th- that's what I'm trying to say. It had, like, it's not like it hadn't occurred. It's not like it hadn't occurred to me before that I'm basically a teenager um, um, uh, disguised as a, <laughs> as a late 20s <laughs> woman. <laughs> but um, it's just that when this drama talks about it, that really, like, that really resonates with me. This is true. This is so true. I am just pretending to be an adult. Yeah, I screen capped oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I was no, like, yes, um, the drama gets me. <laughs> I haven't actually seen that that episode yet, um, but I remember an old lady, I think she was like 80 or 90, saying, I don't know if I read it or if I was talking to her, and she was like, I'm always going to feel 19 on the inside. Like, I've never felt older than 19. And, you know, like, it really had an impact on me because you know she's like the wrinkled face and she's lived a whole life. But she's like, yeah, I still feel like I'm 19. Yeah. And going back to what you guys were talking about, um, about uh, finding like, so many things uh, familiar about um, Korean culture to, to the culture that we have been brought up in. Um, I, I, I think it was earlier this year that I watched Father is Strange and um, Yuri's character, Byun Hyeyeong, one of the reasons I loved her beyond everything else was because she, it's, it's not like she was, she cowed down to her parents' diktats, but she respected them and their feelings and, and that in her narrative, their opinions mattered. Like she, when she would make decisions about her life, she wanted her parents to be not just involved, but to be part to remain a part of their life. One of the things that I find really dissociative about um, many TV shows and, and drama that I used to watch before um, Korean dramas was how uh, people were just happy to have their, not happy, but they would like, they would give in to the idea that the parents 
they well, they brought us up but now we can move on and have our adult lives where our parents might not be a part of that life and look, my my mom passed away when i was younger i am very close to my father it in no um, view of my future can i ever imagine my father not being a part of my life and i'm pretty sure if my mom had been alive that that would ha- have also remained true so in in my head it it's it's completely ridiculous to think that there can be no matter where i go in my future my 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 father my my parents would have always been a part of that life so i i like that eury is independent she's opinionated there is no way she would allow an unreasonable prejudice to ruin her life but she also is stubborn enough to sit in front of her parents and tell them that look i'll 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 put i'll postpone my decision until you guys are on board but i'll wait for you and i love that Yeah. and i've never seen that in dramas or movies outside korean dramas so i agree with you 100% that's so well said i yeah and it's uh, partly like there's the uh what makes korea quite distinct in its region as well is the the confucian values are much more strong in korea than in any of the surrounding countries if they have them in the same way at all i might have botched this but like i read <laughs> up on it once <laughs> but part of the reason that their culture uh part of the reason why it feels so familiar is is because of the confucian values and which is not common to to the all of the other countries in the region for example japan and stuff it's not the same it's not in the same way even though they still have you know the whole filial piety and stuff like that it's not quite the same like korean culture upholds it in quite a different way yeah and it's not like um korean dramas are immune to problems there are plenty of problematic tropes um, as uh, plenty like, yeah yes, <laughs> so we have a lot with, with reference <laughs> with reference to the the hierarchy that that in some ways we love so much there is also the the very problematic, so problematic. workplace hierarchy yeah. how yes. how yeah there's so many people have to like remain quiet in the face of injustice because they are in a junior position there is a lot of abuse of power there are those things as well it's not like it's a perfect world but if it was a perfect world we wouldn't want to watch it mm-hmm. it's because we can dissect this world see it for what it is and also appreciate the many similarities to our own life and culture that um korean dramas hook us more much Yeah, it's so um, I want to go back to a point that uh you made quite a bit earlier P which is uh when you were talking about the emotional quality that Korean dramas have um I think one of the big things uh that makes Korean dramas very different to uh English language dramas is that the majority of those drama writers are women and mm-hmm. they write shows mm-hmm. in a completely different way and that's yeah. why for example the shows that we have liked um out like in English language works is you know often they've been the work of women yeah yeah that's so true even though the directors are usually men but the writers are like 95% of the time women and you definitely do i i i almost get the sense and i think this is getting slightly better in american tv in like the last couple of years especially after this is us came out and it makes people cry in every episode although i haven't watched it but that's what i hear um It's like American TV was too cool to have emotions for a really long time <laughs> and it was like they were too 
Like, even if something happened in the storyline where you would feel a lot of emotion, it would just cut out before you get to see that person's reaction to it. You know, like, it was like, it was like embarrassing for the characters to show too much emotion on screen. Or like, emotions aren't interesting enough, they're not yeah, story worthy. Exactly. Action or they're like, awesome. they're like too overwrought or cliched, or they're not, it's not like high drama. It's not, mm. it's not like prestige television. It's not, you know what I mean? Um, it's mm. not artistic or it's not literary or whatever. But Korean dramas don't shy away from emotion. They very much revel in it. Like maybe sometimes it's a little not even bit that the emotion is like integral to the story. Right. Without the emotion, the story doesn't mean anything. Exactly. The emotional journey is half of the plot, if not the entire plot. And yeah, and like the motivations and everything, they all come from these very inner feelings. So true. Like Revenge Mellow is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> not my favorite, but I will give you that. So that uh, reminds me actually is um the, um, again, differences between watching uh, English language stuff is that I'd never realized how much I love thrillers um, until K-drama because with uh, sort of English language stuff, they're too gritty, they're too violent. I often can't, like I want the mystery and I don't want the violence. I don't want the gore. I don't want, uh, I don't want to have to, you know, the brutality. Through, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, precisely the word I was looking for. Um, but with a K-drama, you get to have that story without having to subject yourself to, you know, the brutality of everything else. And, like, I started off watching K-dramas in, in sort of the whole world of rom-com, but I've kind of, like, very, like, slowed down my rom-com watching to the extent that for like about two and a half years, I pretty much subsisted on thrillers. Um, and it was very recently, like in the, since uh, I'm not a robot, I think that I kind of rediscovered my, my rom-com uh, appetite, but, or romance appetite at least. You know, the, yeah, the interesting thing is as well, like I grew up watching, you know, rom-coms like, you know, in the 90s we had all those tom hanks and meg ryan you know like uh, you've got mail you've got and mail. sleepless in seattle <laughs> all those yeah um and then that was kind of the height of the rom-com in hollywood and then they kind of just fell off and nowadays you'll hear people saying oh i miss rom-coms like they don't make rom-coms anymore and i feel like i've upgraded my level to like an even better version of the rom-com in korean dramas yeah. yeah but at the same time i think it's better because instead of getting to that you know usually at the end of the movie they'll finally confess that they like each other or they love each other or they'll kiss or they'll have some kind of a resolution to the will they won't they but in korean dramas they take you further you know a lot of times you get to explore the relationship dynamics they meet each other's parents they decide what you know they have to deal a lot of times with their socioeconomic status so you get to explore all this other stuff that's bringing a life change because of who they fell in love with. But it's not necessarily about the romance. It's about putting their lives together and sharing their lives. And that's really interesting. But what you were saying about, um, about thrillers, um, I felt this a lot, although this isn't a thriller, but when I watched Just Between Lovers um, a few months ago, there is a romance in that, but it's so much more about like these two people who have experienced extreme trauma at a really young age and I don't think I've ever seen a tv show or a movie or maybe not even a book explore the aftermath 
of that kind of trauma that you experience as a teenager and like how that would look like, you know, 10 years later and what, how that would affect your life and your emotional life and like your daily, the little details of your day, you know, and, and, and your relationships and, and how you could heal from that and how long it takes and how different, like, I just really, really love that. And I don't think, I think it's uniquely suited to the Korean drama format. It just does it so well. Yeah. That's more or less next on my list, except I have to sort of gird my emotional loins to watch it. I'm it's heavy. Scared. Yeah, it's mm. heavy, but it's heavy in a really fulfilling way. But you need tissues for sure. Namun he will make you cry. She's incredible. Yeah, yeah. she's she uh that was uh Namun was in um what's it called, isn't it? I can speak. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's so speak. cool. So I'm still wondering what it is about um Korean drama relationships that attracts me so much more than the English language um uh, media that I've watched uh, all my life and you know what I think I have a hunch um, it, it, my, my other loves in, in terms of genre kind of clues me in on this um, I really like supernatural stuff and, and, and sci-fi um, a, a drama that immediately comes to mind is for instance Supernatural uh, the US drama which is still going on I think there's like 14 seasons on oh God, yeah. and one so of the reasons daunting. it works so well <laughs> Um, despite having like its own misses and um, hits, is that the the sibling relationship, Sam and Dean Winchester, the ones in the uh, middle of it all, it, the show focuses on their relationship more than the demon of the week that they're fighting. And what I've found about science fiction and fantasy is that um, the, the, the theme of the story is always like the best uh, the best stories that, that I've always enjoyed were stories where the characters were, the relationship between characters were uh, given more emphasis than the, the drama of the day. The, the monsters that you're killing or the, I don't know, the, the space invasion that you're stopping. <laughs> it just, mm. the, the relationships were given more value. And, um, and that's true for, for all the dramas that I have loved till now in, in, in Korean drama. The, for instance, weightlifting fairy Kim Bokju, that's a romance. That, that's basically a romance comedy. But that's not exactly how you would introduce that drama, would you? You, you would talk about uh, Kim Bokju's um, arc from this girl who's like pretty confident about her own strengths, but sort of um, insecure about her attractiveness to uh, the opposite sex and her learning her own value and also figuring out how um, just, just navigating her way through her first crush, figuring out her feelings towards her friends and also Everything else that works, it just, there is so much to say about that drama before you introduce the romance aspect. And that's probably true for almost all the dramas that I've loved. You're Beautiful, the very first drama that I watched, when I try to explain to people what it's about, I wouldn't start with Bhuminam's romance with Hante um, Kyung. It's, it's always the other stuff first, like there is this... Um, so yeah, this, this novice enters the music industry and she's pretending to be a boy and will she be found out? Won't she be found out? Now there is cohabitation and uh, crazies. But when, 
point is that you know there's always so much going on before you ever get to the romance so i think that might actually be it that there is more story in these dramas than um you would usually find in the english language tv shows that we have watched we usually used to watch there's a paucity of story you know like mm. it's yeah that's just that's just how i see it i'm sorry yeah, i went on for too long no no it was really it was really well said and i agree and i think what you said is really interesting because the only sh- american show that i've watched like so i've watched 13 seasons of law and order svu i know <laughs> Well, it's, it's a weird show to have watched that many seasons of because like it's a procedural and it's all about like the most brutal like it's about like I don't know if you're familiar with the premise but it's basically about the um sexual crimes unit of the of the Yeah, a, a friend of mine recently went on and on about the chief of of that unit who's a woman and she's been like the one fixture in the drama is is that right? For the last like six seasons I, there was another chief before and he retired and then this woman came she's pretty awesome but like like her underlings call her sir and stuff but for me yes the crimes are really brutal and horrific but the team was so and you know like for me it was i i loved it for the years when it was like you know Olivia um and Elliot who are the, the partners and they're kind of like the center of the show and like i just really loved their partnership and the team and then they had you know that such an interesting dynamic with everyone on the force and it was just like a really emotional like their connection as partners was almost it was so close it almost transcends like a romantic relationship but then on the other hand like you always kind of want them to be together because because <laughs> it's so like tense and like there's so much tension and like you just want you want it but it's almost better you actively ship together. them but exactly yeah. <laughs> there's more tension in them not actually being together but you always they're so magnetic together and their emotional relation anyway I wanted yeah. that. No, I, I know what you mean. My, yeah. Olivia is the one my friend was talking about. She went on and on about how amazing this woman is. And Mariska Hargitay, yeah, as the actress. Yeah. She, 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 would, she would watch this so long as uh, Mariska yeah, played this character. Yeah. She's incredible. She's amazing. And she, like, her character on there plays, like, the character she plays was, she was a product of rape, basically. Like, her mom was raped, and she didn't, she decided to have the baby. And, um, So that's what kind of drives her character and that's why she decided to work for this part, you know, this section of the police force and so it she kind of has this like inner fire but but the actress herself has been instrumental in getting all these like you know how they started DNA testing at a certain point but there were so much DNA evidence backed up and there's also like so many rape kits that have never been tested um and she's yeah. been pushing to get those tested you know because there wasn't enough funding or whatever but like there are so many people who could have been convicted if these kids were actually tested and that's what like so that activism has kind of spilled over into her own life and she's just awesome that's anyway amazing <laughs> i kind of went on a tangent but i just wanted to say that i agree with your point about it being about so much more than just the ostensible premise or the plot that's you know written up top of what the show is about I feel like the thing that I want to say is really pedestrian now but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, <laughs> um, uh when Boram was talking about Supernatural uh, a few minutes ago um and she was saying that you know was it 13 seasons? 
Oh, 14 now. Oh, I think oh, the 14th goodness. one is about to be announced. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but like the reason that you keep on watching it is because it's about the relationship and not about the cases. Um, and what yeah. uh, comes to mind with that is um, Criminal Minds, which uh, my uh, one of my sisters has watched like all 10 million seasons of uh, mm. the American one. Um, but also why it didn't translate well uh, when they adapted it uh, as a K-drama. Um, and, you know, I spent a lot of time with the show. So its biggest <laughs> failure, this show's number one failure, was that it didn't focus on the team, it focused on the cases. Like, it was a... Um, if if it were about showcasing the crimes, then the show was a runaway success. But it didn't have any, uh, uh, like, uh, that uh, uniting... Um, factor between the episodes of like the teamwork you know the the fact that there is a core team here yeah. and that they're the ones that you're with for the show you weren't with them you got about maximum 10 no you didn't get 10 minutes of them per show you got five minutes of them per episode um like it had a really uh fixed formula of like i can't remember it right now but it was like you know 40 minutes on the case 10 minutes on the bridge between cases because it would introduce the next case in the last 10 minutes and five minutes of a uh, token team bonding mm. so you had a really brilliant cast you had a great director well it was a good director um but that cast was amazing and they've been amazing in other things but they were completely wasted in Criminal Minds Korea. Well, that's the secret to a really successful procedural, isn't it? It's not really about, I mean, the cases have to be, you know, competently, they have to make have to sense and logical enough. and interesting. Yeah, mm. but, but- But what really keeps you coming back week after week is, is the core team. Right, and seeing their relationships slowly change as they work together and seeing them figure out how to kind of match their skills and, and because you become that works and, you know, and how to, how to sort of, yeah, work together right. duly. And because you become emotionally invested in them as well. You do. And like, it is like, you know, they're like uh, your fictional friends. Right. You want to check in with them every week to see how they're doing. And, you know, you support them and you cheer for them and you're sad for them when they're sad. And, you know, you, you want to have a bond with those people. It's also That's something I think, them. yeah. And it's something, especially with crime shows where if you don't have that, then all you're watching is just a cataloging of humanity's worst impulse yeah, out really there for is. you to see and and then like what's the point you know it's, mm. it's having those detectives or those profilers or those you know autopsy people what is it called pathologists Coroners, whatever yeah examiners. Coroners. <laughs> right the medical examiners <laughs> I can talk I swear um, <laughs> it's seeing their reaction I can see you're a rom-com girl <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> ask me about anything to do with prosecutors I know all the words I know them in Korean too um <laughs> <laughs> but it's seeing their reactions to these like extremely brutal crimes and how they are basically trying to reconcile the fact that they want to be good people and that they need to continue living in the world with the fact that these horrible things happen and, and them trying to go after they, justice. Yeah. Right. That's and how they maintain their humanity in that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, um, it might be worth uh, mentioning, giving just one example of a drama that didn't do relationships very well and tried to focus so exclusively on romance that it kind of, 
and didn't even do that very well. It's probably for me, it's airs. I know a lot of people love that drama. Oh, I enjoyed but it. one of the reasons it <laughs> I'm sorry. Majorly, no, 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 come on, it, it did actually pretty well. Like not with us, but oh, okay. I enjoyed it. Okay. Is, oh, yeah, really? yeah, you can you can you can enjoy it. But one of the reasons it's not exactly a very memorable drama, <laughs> yeah, even sorry. though it had such an amazing cast, is because they just failed when it when it when it comes to establishing relationships. Just think of the school kids. Like now we know Park Yumshik and yeah, I mean, that was great for him that he could start there. But I actually don't remember much of his role. I don't remember much of any of the secondary he characters. before that? Uh, maybe. My point is, uh, the entire story was basically about uh, Kim Tan cheesing, um, what was the name, Chai and Sung? Um, and Chai how, Sung, yeah, uh, yeah uh, Kim Woo Bin's character was all... I'll take her away from you. And it just got so melodramatic and there was no, like, they, they would not seize that bloody plot. They would not move on to, one of yeah. the things that actually, that were, uh, was actually enjoyable was Park Shin the the lady playing Park Shin mom. Um, I always forget her name. She's such an amazing actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't I remember her. her name there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know her name except right Wait, now. Oh, I, I remember, uh, Kim Mi Kyung. Kim, oh, um, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think you know, I always call her Bojan's Oma because I love her so much in Tower <laughs> of the Island. I call her Yeah, and, and, and her character with the mistress of the house, with Kim Tan's mother, well, with her, her relationship with, with uh, that lady was so amazing. It was like, she, she, is, she, she doesn't speak, but she leaves notes and she both cares about, the, about her mistress and kind of finds her... I don't know, like a spoiled child. Yeah. And she's also cognizant of her own um, status in the house. And it just those two women, their dynamic was so well done. But of course, it was not explored. It went nowhere, just like most of the drama. It was just such a disappointment. But it was a disappointment because they failed to develop the relationships between these characters, to, devil, to, to properly sketch out character arts. And, I'm going to put yeah, this out so, there. Imino yeah, is yeah. well overrated. Oh, now, now you say that, man. But back when we were watching, <laughs> no, even then, no, okay, no, not, not counting uh, those dramas, but in 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 airs, uh, Kim Bin's character, who was uh, a real bully, and I wanted him to horrible. win. That was yeah, just so you, you ended up rooting for him, and you're like, this yeah, is like because he had fails. a backstory. He, you could, you could, you could them. actually feel bad for him. Like yeah. you could understand why he was such a nasty piece of work. His father was a nasty piece of work. He that's how he had grown up, the poor boy. Whereas Lee Min Ho was just I mean, yeah, I suppose he yeah, yeah, he was too spoiled. A, a like, bit over emo. Yeah. <laughs> his relationship with his older brother was given like little to no screen space and yet that was supposed to influence so much of his character. It was just yeah. uh, I think the, all the things that you said, Aparma, are why I think Ayers makes me so mad. Like Everyone some shows, was in that show. Yeah, some shows you're like, oh, this was mediocre, but whatever. It was like a fluff. And, but I remember in the beginning, I was so like, I was really so caught by the show because it was so interesting and the characters had so much potential and like the setup was so interesting for so many of the, you know, like Kim Bin's character and like you said, the two moms and their dynamic. And then it just doesn't go anywhere. And you're like, well... You had 20 episodes and this yeah. incredible cat, you know, like K 
Kim Ji-won and you know Park Shin-hye is pretty yeah when you look at those names now role. you're like yeah. wow that was a Park good cast you know like um they were had and even the there was buzz about this drama for a year before it came out People and they had the like, money yeah it's just yeah. there's no excuse yeah and because it was Kim and Suk as well isn't it mm. I think that was that during person. her lazy period where she wasn't <laughs> crying <laughs> she'd become complacent yeah yeah that was not not a good time but yeah hmm. i think that was the one after secret garden right that was um yeah and then she no i think she did gentleman's dignity that's right oh, gentleman's that's dignity oh, okay and then yeah. airs and gentleman and then she went on to descendants of the sun that right? was like recent. that was like 15 or something wasn't it 16 2016 descendants of sun yeah it was 16 it was same yeah. year as goblin i think like goblin yeah yeah. yeah, Goblin was 17. Ah, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, and every other drama that she's done is so very much character-based. Yeah, I think that um, we've basically established that she's best when she has a co-writer, like a, 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 a second writer. <laughs> Someone who, who complete, like who... What does that say about her? Who calls her no, 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 because she, like, there's some stuff she does really well. But then she has she falls short in other aspects, which does affect the drama overall. Like for example, you know we can we see what the flaws are and stuff like as in Secret Garden. But though mm-hmm. those flaws were covered um, by the time she got to uh, Descendants of the Sun and mm-hmm. Goblin. I'm really curious about who she co-wrote with on City Hall because that is still to me her best drama, and it's so well written. Like I don't see any hardly any holes in that show. Maybe I'm biased, but I really, really loved that show. I think it's her best written show. Except maybe Goblin, but I feel like in some ways it's better than Goblin in terms of writing. Goblin was a little self-indulgent after It was, yeah. City Hall is much tighter and more, yeah. It doesn't waste time the way that Goblin. Maybe she had less money for uh, City Hall. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But you know, it was a and it was an amazing story. And for that time, for two thousand and nine, when it came out, the romance was very interesting and nuanced and like mature. And it was just really, really good. Would you say that Kim and Sick is like the J.K. Rowling of K drama writers? Well, um, J.K. Rowling is given one amazing series. This lady's done consistently better with a lot of other dramas. So. I guess. But then that you're talking about uh, seven books, so mm, I mean, if you're talking about one book it's a the year, same world building, makes a dollars, then it kind of. I think I think it's more important to focus on the fact that all the dramas that she's done, they are very distinct from each other. Yeah. Whereas J.K. Rowling, um, when she stepped outside the world of Harry Potter, um, she hasn't exactly like, and of course, it's very difficult to mimic the uh, success of that first series. That was just. I also yeah, find it difficult to compare books and dramas just because with I guess drama, I there's meant, so many other people working with you and yeah, that really yeah, changes true. the quality of the... What I meant is, do you think that she could basically name her price or... You oh, know, yeah. I think she does at this point. She, she does. Call every shot, which that's is... True. In that sense, yes. can do. That, that's, what I was, that's what I was kind of asking. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely does that. I mean, look at Mr. Sunshine. They got all the money for that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm still stuck on episode four of it, though. 
I never watched that. It's at like episode fourteen right now. Just, just. I, so yeah, I'm not really interested in going back. To be honest, I am interesting, but it, uh, interesting. I am interested. I am interested, but um, yeah. I just, I guess, I'm busy. Hmm. I will go back to it when my revenge mellows finish. Did you still have a question, or did you ask your question already? Oh, I kind of. It's a completely uh, like not related. Um, it's going right back to our opening question. Uh, the mm-hmm. origin stories topic. So I wanted to ask you guys, what was the first drama that you watched live as it was airing? Ooh. In keeping Ooh. with our discussion about Kim and Sook, it was actually Secret Garden. Oh, cool. Yeah. I like Wait, I used to like download the Raws and watch them. Oh yeah. There was this girl who used to do um basically like I don't know if you'd call them live recaps, but you'd just sit there and like type out everything that happened and all the Yeah, dialogue. yeah, they are live recaps, yeah. Yeah. And it would come out a couple of hours after the episode. I don't know how she did it, but I would go and read that. And at that point, I could only understand about half of what they were saying. So I, yeah, I was really, I very much enjoyed my watching experience of Secret Garden. It was very crocktastic. Oh, what do you wish you had watched live, Lisa? Hmm. What do I wish I had watched live? That's a hard question. Why don't you? Can can you, Parma, why don't you answer the first question? I'll think about that because I, I don't know. I have to think about it. Sure. Um, I think the first drama that I like watch was Police Unit 38. Really? I, yeah. That late? I, yeah. It was because I was recapping it with you um, on Roundings. Oh, yeah. Before that, I'd wa- everything I'd watched was had already finished and I was just catching up to stuff. I... I hadn't done that whole thing about anticipating dramas and kind of sitting. I, I really hadn't. I had just yeah, started reading Drama Beans um, a few months like before I applied for the thing. And then I started writing for them. And then I was like, oh, there is this whole new world of waiting for a drama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't so know how good you had it until you it, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I was still, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So I think I have two answers. One is a drama that I've actually finished watching and one is one that I haven't. The one that I finished watching is actually The King Two Hearts, which there was such a massive like fandom experience around that. Yeah. Um, And it was such an interesting show in the sense that like it kept changing like it kept surprising us as viewers. And like back then it was one of the first dramas to have, you know, sort of a wider geopolitical scope. And it had this really creative premise with the Royal family. And you had like, you know, it was almost like an international thing. And then there's the whole part where he goes to North Korea and then like their, their relationship is so different and how it develops and how it kind of transforms throughout the show. And so I feel like it would have been really fun to kind of, oh, and then there's a whole thing with the King and what happens to the king oh, and what happens to the princess. Yeah. So like, I feel like if I had been watching it with other people, and I started out watching it kind of on time, but then I was in school and I kind of, so then I ended up like binge watching the, the latter half of it or the latter three quarters. But I wish I had watched that along with everyone else because I feel like the fandom excitement had kind of petered out by the time I finished. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want to talk to somebody. And like, yeah, isn't it always a trade-off? Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a trade off between uh the like enjoying the fandom and getting the drama all at once, which Burma saved herself from. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, 
Oh, no, the other one is kind of short. It's a healer, which I'm still stuck at episode <gasps> you six. You didn't watch that live? But I remember <gasps> how much of a thing it was when it was airing to the point uh, where it yeah, was man. Like, I mean, was... you don't have to say anything. Everybody knows. Yeah. It's crazy. So I, I'm kind of sad that I missed that. It was amazing. Kind of that, that was the, the time myself. to watch dramas. <laughs> yeah, I just it was I don't know. so exciting. <laughs> Part of the reason why I'm stuck is like I kind of feel sad that I missed out on all of that excitement. Oh. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and now like it's reached such high epic proportions in my mind because of how everyone raves at it that I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed. Did you watch Signal Dive? Signal I watched um, in three No, you days. watched that quite recently. Oh, I watched it in three yeah. days at the end of the year when it sh- aired because I wanted to oh, put it in my end of year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a wreck when it finished it. I was like a solid Oh, I watched that one live as well. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. How did you do that? Oh, uh, <laughs> it was... Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the best... It was the best of times and it was the worst of times, okay? <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Same with Healer. Oh. Go on, Guys, I need to revise my answer. It wasn't it wasn't police unit thirty eight, though I remember that most clearly because it was excruciating that I had to wait oh, for. Man, it was. But um, <laughs> I think the first one that I live watched was Kill Me Huey, and oh, that was an experience live watching. I had yeah. never watched anything like it before, and um, was so that was cool. actually my first Jason drama. It was after Kill Me Huey that I went back and watched Secret Love, and. <sighs> Jason kind of blew my mind. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh my god, that was <laughs> such blew a everyone's drama. mind. Yeah, so good. yeah, that was amazing. And the drama that I wished I had live watched and I could have—I'm such an idiot—I didn't. Was Father of Strange? I would have loved to be part of the fandom when it was. Um, but you would have had to wait week to week. I would do pretty I, much. I, I, I kind of, no, I went insane and I watched this entire thing, <laughs> I think in like a four day period. Yeah. I watched 52 episodes. That was not healthy. You would have been a good thing for me to watch. No, see, Partly, like, live watching helps you pace yourself. Cause it does. Exactly. Yeah. It does. Exactly. I think especially um, with family dramas, A, because they're so unbelievably long, it's ridiculous. And also just because of the way you get like a little bit of everyone's story. And then if you watch it live, you get to spend like six months with this family. Mm-hmm. And so by the end, you're like crying because you're going to miss them. And you're crying because you're so happy to see them get their like happy endings. Like the payoff is so much better. I think if you watch it kind of either sort of live or, you know, you start like halfway the through the drama. You don't start, know at the outset slowly. at that point that it's worth watching. This That's is why I wait until half of it is over and hear people tell me it's good and I get to binge watch the stuff. Not a guarantee that it's going to end. No, up. that's true. But it's, it's a little bit safer. Yeah, I suppose family dramas are a lot safer. They're not like mm. the um, miniseries types with the thingies. Yeah. I think with a family drama, if the first 30 episodes are good, it's probably going to be good all the way through to the end, unless it gets extended, in which the last few episodes will just be like slow. Mm hmm but it's more reliable than, say, you know, a time travel drama where you don't know if the ending is going to make sense or not. I've watched all of them. (laughs) Or a ghost drama where, like, you don't know if the ghost is going to get reincarnated or die or, like, something else is going to happen that doesn't make any sense. Or the guy falls in love with the ghost and the ghost goes and the the, 
girl remains and it's like you did not sell me this drama properly right Ugh. yeah that no, though, wait, is my ghostess for anyone who's interested. i am still convinced he was in love with a ghost he it was it was completely i hate were. the ending of that show you know, i got to like episode show. eight spoiler warning guys but i got to episode eight and i was like this is going somewhere that i'm not really going to be happy with and i just stopped watching it I the believed girl had no personality. <laughs> yeah. I believed and I was betrayed. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I haven't said mine yet. Okay. Oh, sorry, go on. Look at you trying to leave me out. You just want, you really do want me to stop talking, don't you? No. no, no. Not going to happen, guys. <laughs> we can wrap up. I'm going to be first. So my first uh, live watch was school 2013. Uh, and the one I wish I'd live watched is City Hunter. Mm. After I went through Healer, I really understood what I missed with City Hunter. I feel like I watched Healer, that live and it was enjoyable. But like Healer, City Hunter had uh, like a very special place in my heart and Healer just like toppled it from its pedestal. Yeah. So action thrillers <laughs> are like my home ground they are mm. everything for me um they're everything to me which is a obscure quote from a lyric from a song from the soundtrack of healer let's pretend i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't get that reference but you know i wouldn't <laughs> oh yeah there that's it i'm done so that's how we got into K-dramas. That's why we stick with K-dramas. And that's why we are going to keep watching K-dramas. And keep talking about them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bye, we'll guys. We'll never stop talking, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.